You're listening to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond, along with Maurice Hopkins. And joining us this week is the one and only rally captain, Stephen Boyd. And look, guys, we all know what happened on Sunday when Washington fell to the Dallas Cowboys, losing by 46 points, the most that Dallas has ever scored at Washington. I don't even want to get into all that nonsense because we've been dealing with that. You know, it's Wednesday. It's 641. We've been dealing with that since then. We're going to move ahead. Um, Steven was in attendance at that game. And at one point, I even saw him strangling Cowboy Santa. So we're (laughs) going to talk to him about it, um, about where this team is going. And then his thoughts on the looming off season. So, Steven, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. So, uh, look, for folks that don't know you, I mean, look, you, you can't hardly watch one of these games and not recognize you with the large W and the hat and everything. But how did you become a fan of the Washington football team and then morph into the ubiquitous rally captain? Well, long story short, um, I went to a Super Bowl party and uh, and uh, there's a guy who said that there's no way that a black man could ever beat a white man. He's speaking of John Elway and Doug Williams. He's saying that there's no way that uh, that he can that a black guy could ever beat a white guy in the Super Bowl, and uh, because the quarterback just didn't have the knowledge to do it. And so early on in the Super Bowl, when John Elway was doing his thing, he looked back and said, see, I told you, I told you. Now, I was with my dad at the time. My dad was a Detroit Lions fan. Um, and so we're watching the Super Bowl. And, and long story short, we all know the story. Doug comes back, he wins. Oh yeah. So ev- after that, I said, this is my team. And I've been following him ever since. Fast forward to roughly 2000. 12, if you will, there was a young lady by the name of Stephanie Dawkins. And Stephanie said, you know what? I sense something about you that I haven't sensed in a while from people. And you have this thing about you that gets us together. And you know what? I'm going to just start calling you rally captain. <laughs> and the name stuck. And basically, here we are today. And I mean, how many games have you attended in all this whole time? I mean, I, I feel like you've been here in Charlotte. I mean, if you're 2012, you probably were way back in like Cam's first season uh, when they played here. I mean, I feel like I've I've met you now four or five times just here. Uh, how many of these things have you gone to? Well, um, I haven't missed the home or away game since 2013. Obviously I missed 2020 due to COVID. I was able to, to see at least one game is that's when we played the giants uh, for the one home game that we had. Um, but yeah, 2013, I have not missed the game. What would, what would empower you to do such a thing to yourself? I mean, you watched a lot of bad football in that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, you know, and, and here's something else. You know, I looked up the Chief Z, and I wanted to pattern myself behind the Chief. Yeah. 
and and you know I, I I was able to meet with him. I was able to talk with him, and just I liked what he represented. And then uh, then of course in 2013 with his untimely death, well I shouldn't say untimely, but the passing of him, you know people would say to me, you do realize that you're next in line, and and I would always say there's only one chief, and I will continue to say there's only one chief, but I don't mind, if you will, holding the torch, carrying the torch, continuing the torch, continuing the the progress that he's made, because I believe without him, there would be no me. Yeah, I mean, look, Chief Z was the ultimate super fan from back in the, like, what, 70s and the 80s. Yeah. I mean, you see him at every every home game. You saw him at RFK. You saw him at FedEx Field. I mean, he was he was definitely that icon that you didn't, you know, like you knew that he was with the Redskins, and you knew that the Redskins were Chief Z. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I could definitely see that. That is that is you uh, for sure. Yeah, Chief Z 2.0. And, and I have to say that I'm I'm – even proud to be mentioned in the same realm with him. It's just one of those things. You you never know the impact that you have on people until you go to these away games and people come up to you and sometimes even ask you for your autograph. And I'm saying, wow, I mean, Me? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just an average guy, you know, but I, I do appreciate, you know, the recognition that everyone has, put forth toward me that's incredible what would you say now i mean you you've been to all the away games what's the best stadium that you've been to the stadium that we just got creamed at (laughs) really (laughs) yeah dallas is dallas is number one um the the raiders they are a close second and to me Levi Stadium. Um, oh, San not Clara. San, yeah, San Clara. Yeah, Santa Clara. They're they're a third. Um, if by chance you know we have a chance to go to SoFi, I will put that in the mix and see how how it shakes out. Um, but but Raiders is a close second. It is a close, and I and I have to say that the reason why it's a close second to Dallas is because. For Dallas, I was able to go on the stadium tour. When I wanted to go on the stadium tour in Vegas, we couldn't do it because they had the Pac-12 championship. Mm. So anytime that they have college games, you know, they close the stadium tour aspect up for people. Now, if I ever stayed a couple of days later, I probably would have been able to go on the tour and and maybe even put the Raiders, the black hole, the Radio States uh, Allegiant Stadium on top of the Cowboys. But because of that, and I couldn't see the intertwinings and inner workings of how it was built, you know, everything that's involved, what you see at Cowboy Stadium, you know, that's why they're number one. But I'm sure that if I could have figured out or got on that tour to see the actual interminglings and intertwinings of that, how they built it, the history of it and everything, then they would probably be on top. I got a co-sign on Allegiant Stadium. It's a pretty uh, magnificent uh, facility. Uh, I definitely had a ball going to that uh, stadium uh, when I went to the, the Raiders trip a couple of weeks ago. 
yeah, it, it was it was awesome. I mean, just the the whole black hole ambiance. Uh, and obviously their fans were not as bad as being in uh, in Cali. They, they were in Oakland. They were they were a lot nicer. The black hole was was nice to me compared to to Oakland. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I, I tell you, a few years ago, I was in Dallas for uh, a work thing, and I had like way too much time on my hands, and so. After, you know, like there's not much to do in Dallas. Like it's it's kind of very corporate, buttoned down. So after you go see like where they filmed the outside of the show Dallas and you go see where JFK was shot, like there's really not much left to do. And so um, I tried to drive out to the stadium because I figured what the heck, you know, go on stadium tour, do whatever. And the car, my rent-a-car blew a tire on the highway and I spent the next two hours putting the tire back on the rim and doing everything. And, I, and that was, to me, my sign that I was never meant to go to that <laughs> AT&T Stadium. Well, that just means that you need to go with SB events. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take go. good care of you. There you go. What, what's the worst place you've been in, in, besides FedEx? <laughs> As far as stadium is concerned, yeah, yeah. as stadium far as, far or fans, as fans, or, I mean, we we know fans get well, raunchy. Okay, well, as far as stadium is concerned, Jacksonville. Um, you know, people talk about FedEx Field, but Jacksonville is a, a whole. Um, fans obviously Philly. I mean, yeah. Philly they 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 start their kids off at two, hating other fans. I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> you know, but but other than that, I haven't really had a bad experience. Um, and I, and even so with Philly, let me tell you. So obviously when we were the Redskins, I had the, um, the flag that had all of the stadiums that I had been to embroidered on the flag. And in the beginning, when they would see me coming down the steps, or whatever have you, they would boo me or whatever they would, whatever they would do. And then once I showed them my flag with the stadiums on it, the level of respect went through the roof, even for Philly fans. They they would they wouldn't say anything else to me. They would they would they would give me a pound or say, "Hey man, you're a true fan." You know, they would leave me alone. And it even got to the point where, when people who didn't see the flag would try to say certain things, people who were sitting around me, the Philadelphia fans that were sitting around me, would believe it or not take my side and say, "Leave them alone." Wow. That's that's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's yeah. wild. I know I know Maurice hates Philadelphia fans a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. I, I I I mean, we we need to have a whole podcast of why I hate Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can imagine because before my flag was filled out the way that it was, I caught flack. Right. Well, at least they didn't throw batteries at you like they did Santa Claus or, or the Pope or whatever they did. Well, that did actually happen. And <laughs> do you do you remember when DeShazer Everett was a rookie? He knocked he knocked Darren Sproles out of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. So so when that happened, um, they were pissed off at the fans, and I said, "Whoa, wait a minute! I didn't hit that guy." So why you want to take that out on me? And um, and and, and that kind of gave him a little pushback. 
but there were some batteries that were that were came past me, if you will. Yeah, they, probably they flip missed their, phones and they, they missed their mark. flip flops, probably yeah. all kinds of stuff, hair weave extension. All the things where I came by, <laughs> right by your face. You, you, you name it. You, it came by me. And I was like, whoa, okay. And we won that game. We, we won that game. Yeah. You know? so, Phil, yeah. Philadelphia is the Mordor of the NFL, right? If <laughs> if the NFL was Lord of the Rings, Philadelphia would be Mordor. It's like it's always gloomy and cloudy when we play them. You know, there's, if Philly, it reminds me of Raccoon City and, and Resident Evil, you know, especially after they won the Super Bowl and that guy ate the, um, the horse poop. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was really trying to, like, figure out how eating horse poop and winning a Super Bowl were synonymous. Like, I'm still baffled by that. But I, I, they can never live that down. Like, the only fan base that literally ate crap after winning a Super Bowl. So, as that's we how- say in the South, bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know how you how you move on from that. Um. <laughs> uh, I, had a, I I got a question, Jonathan. Go. Yeah, uh, Stephen. You you know I you know you you and I know each other really well. I see you see each other all the time whenever I come to the games at FedEx and uh and some of the road games. Um, this week has been really really like just from the fans' perspective. See, like fans are like demoralized. Like like that loss to Dallas, you know, you, you don't want to be, you know, melodramatic, but it seemed like that was a straw that broke the camel's back. Like I've seen a lot of fans on social media just really distraught and beat down and just angry. I'm getting just, murdered on Facebook right now. I murdered this week. Yeah. Because I dared to say, speak against uh, the living legend, Taylor Heineke. So yeah, <laughs> there is something that's happening in our fan yeah. base this week. That's wild. Yeah, but I, I was curious because you know you you know you got you you were your boots to, on the ground you got your ear to the ground. What do you think's going on with our fan base? Because it seems like we don't have like a, a like a like a a, a a rally point right now. You know, just you know, the, no pun intended. Well, as far as being demoralized, yeah, when you get whipped by forty some odd points and they lay a 50 burger on you. I mean, that's hard to swallow. Mm -hmm. The other thing is we've been spiraling for such a long time. And I'm not going to say that the Dallas game was a straw that broke the camel's back, but it put things in a better perspective, if you will, for fans, because we, 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 we were riding a four game winning streak. You know, we were, we were riding high and we were feeling good. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, now we're on a three-game losing streak, and it's like, what happened? And some fans will say, nah, man, we're on this losing streak because of COVID. Guys, we're on our, what, fourth-string center? I mean, we, we, our linemen are decimated. That's the reason why we lost a lot of these games. Now. People don't want to hear that, though, in the grand scheme of things. They, they, they care about wins and losses. But when you really look at it, that's a huge reason. Um, as far as the legend of Heineke is concerned, <laughs> I, I honestly think that he's a good kid. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. With that, but, but also, with that being said, if you have a 
my issue is this. I don't get paid millions of dollars to be an offensive coordinator. You guys don't. None of us do. But why is it that I can see certain things and they can't see certain things? Meaning, if you know that your line is decimated, why don't you have design runs for Heineke to get outside the pocket? If you know that, obviously, he's a little height challenged. If you know that, get him outside of the trash. And even if it means him having to run the ball, you know, get out of the pocket. Mm -hmm. Because we saw what those guys, all they have to do is just put their hand up and they can block the ball. Yeah. You know, so when fans are upset with the ineptitude of the offensive coordinator, that's what they're upset about. If I can see it, why can't you guys see it? Yeah, I mean, I think with I think with Scott Turner, I I think he's done a good enough job of trying to, you know, play to the strengths that Taylor has. Um, if you think about it, like this season was supposed to be Ryan's Ryan Fitzpatrick going out there and winning. Like, as as mediocre as he was in training camp and in preseason, you, you know, he, he, he won. For for whatever you want to say, he won the job, it, whether the cards were all in his favor or not. Um, and so if you think about this team having essentially the backup quarterback coming in and having won six games, and uh, you go, okay, well, yeah, if, if it were Colt McCoy out there and Colt was going to get you six wins, like I think you'd go, yeah, okay, that's probably what we would hope, you know, as far as – you lose somebody six, seven minutes into the first game of the season. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what you hope for. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do as relates to Heineke goes is that was all the Heineke hype that he was riding in the off season because of how he played in that wild card game. And I think even though we lost the game and, you know, he, he had all the, uh, you know, the traditional, uh, quarterback adjectives he had he was gutsy he had moxie you know he was gritty you know he he played you know brady the best out of everyone in the playoffs so he had like this inflated you know persona with the fans and they really thought he was going to perform better than he actually did so i mean i guess the question i would ask is does he meeting expectations is he exceeding expectations or is he performing below expectations based on where we're at as a team right now for me i would say meet to exceed like i'm in that i'm in that category of my expectations for a guy that's really never played he he's done better than what you could expect especially of a guy that was on the, his sister's couch a season ago yeah um i mean that's kurt warder type stuff right there it, it is it, it it is kurt warner type of stuff and i but i'm gonna go back to scott turner Yes, I do believe that he has called some good games, but at the same time, what is Taylor's strength? He's not going to be able to every time deliver the ball in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And if you know that your linemen are hurt or aren't as good as your first string linemen, then you've got to be the coordinator to say, all right, I've got to be able to to do better by my quarterback. 
And these last two Dallas games, our line could not hold their line, no. point blank. No, so very you, healthy you, Dallas team versus a yeah. very decimated football so, team. So, so you've got to change your game plan, and I didn't see that. Yeah. You're still trying to you're still trying to have him do the things that you'd ask him to do if we had a healthy offensive line, and you just can't do it. You've got to get him out of the pocket. You've got to roll him out. You've you've got to create more time for him to to get the ball down the field if that's what you want to do. And I hate to say this because I'm not a doom and the gloom type of guy, but I knew that once he threw that first pass and it was picked off, that our our our, our game was done. That wow. was tough to see. I mean, it, it, rarely do you see. I mean, because I felt good at that stop, right? We got the stop. Oh yeah. Hit the turnover, and I'm like, you know, look, this. All right, this thing's gonna probably go our way. And then, and and I know exactly what they were trying because if you remember last year, where it was uh, Kyle Allen and uh, Terry McLaurin, it, same fly pattern, just run mm -hmm. right past the guy, and he mm -hmm. didn't have to stop. He didn't have to adjust. Ball was just delivered perfectly, went for six. And Taylor, whether you say he doesn't have the arm strength or he's battling COVID or the fact that the he, guy just played three days before. So, I mean, what an insane schedule. He that that having that throwing that ball where Terry had to slow down and come back to it and like he was coming back inside, it almost looked like it was a pass for Stefan Diggs. And, yeah. um, and yeah, that was, that was demoralizing. Cause you're going like, Oh my gosh, like, all right. And, and then even when you're down seven, you're like, all right, down seven, let's go. And then it's just not clicking. And I, you know, I think if you had JD McKissick out there, if you had Logan Thomas, um, some other things like, you Curtis know, some of the other Samuel. players. Yeah. Well, geez, if you Curtis Samuel all the season, <laughs> um, nobody in Washington, I, I hope that the number 10 gets retired and nobody ever wears it again. But because <laughs> it's got bad Paul Richardson vibes, but I, I, I just I feel like that. Um, yeah, we saw a team in Dallas that is was very healthy, rested and mm -hmm. is I mean, they've got stars for days. And as much as I hate Dallas, you got to admit, like they have they're they're they look like an all star team. Um, and we look like, and, and we, we got exposed on every single front of everything we needed. Um, we're the, we're the plucky team that you, you root for in the movie and Dallas is the one that's going to come in and just take your lunch. Um, and they did, and they did twice and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I think we, I think people forget that we swept Dallas last season. Well, they were not healthy. I mean, they didn't even have a quarterback, yeah, but you know, you know, Ben DiNucci. You know, was their quarterback. I yeah, mean, that's, but, that, that, that's them that's them winning this year, right? I mean, yeah. they're playing Taylor Heineke. Yeah. But it's the, it's I, the whole karma aspect of things. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Jerry Jones. Though Jerry Jones, like we talked about this in early episodes, that Jerry Jones hates us as a team. So he never wants to lose to us. So not only the fact that we sweep we swept Dallas last season and we won the NFC East the way we did, I'm pretty sure there was some extra, you know, extra seasoning in the uh um, off season for oh, Dallas to, to come back and uh, you know reclaim their uh, throne as the the kings of the of the East, so to speak. Yeah, N not not to uh, not to you know further extend how much that they're 
just living in our collective heads right now. <laughs> rent free. Rent free. Uh, <laughs> but I did see, and I'm, I'm trying to gra- grab it real quick from Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. Um, she had earlier, I guess, Jerry Jones went on their little talk show they've got down there where he does like his weekly, like I am the, um, you know, I, I'm the um, a GM of this team. And it basically, he, he was asked about the whole benches and he said, Hey, you know, I don't have a problem with the benches, you know, like I, I, I'm glad they brought them down here and, and I'm glad to store them for, for Dan. Uh, I'll storm down here. So what next time they play and uh, you know, like it was one of those things where he is trolling Dan so hard, uh, you know, and he says stuff like, oh, we're good friends. And I'm like, yeah, he's a good friend because he's like that friend you can always beat. You know, he's like not the one. He's the the kid that you would play in high school or middle school. Where you play video games, you know, and you're like, oh, that, you know, I'll play you in uh, Mortal Kombat and I'll whoop you a hundred times out of a hundred because you're still using only one button and you got, you don't know how to get out your own way. <laughs> the little brother. There yeah. you go. The little brother. The little brother. And that's what, that's how he sees him. Yep. Um, and, and I think like as a fan, I felt like little brother is just constantly getting punked. As soon as I saw those things, I feel bad. Cause I kind of like was John back and forth with Chris Bryant, you know, uh, uh, mm. hog farmer. And cause as soon as he posted that picture, I was furious so I was like, how did you fall into this trap? <laughs> Come on, Dan. Anyway. I think he can't help himself, right? I think that, I mean, Dan has always been, always had that PT. <laughs> yeah. He always had that PT um, Barnum vibe about him, you know, where he has to react to something that someone else does and, and be in a game of one-upmanship. I doubt very seriously that was a Coach Rivera decision to bring those bench oh, down. No, because, no, no, you know, no. I don't think so could, at all. He, he could, I mean, he could care less about that, you know. No, um, no why but, would you bring a heated bench to an indoor stadium when right. it's 65 degrees? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Look, hey, back to Steven. Um, and, uh, you know, Dallas can go sit and spin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, one thing that I, I want – people to know is that they haven't done it yet is that you so the washington football team and, and redskins in the past they would always go when they would do these road rallies you would um you know the night before the game they would they would meet at a a, a bar a rally bar or whatever and they would rah rah the team and do giveaways and stuff like that and this and of course last season with covid you know no, nothing like that ever happened uh this season when the team was traveling and there's fans in the stands you know, you kind of thought that was going to happen and it, and it didn't like, it's like, it was one of the disconnects that occurred in the off season. Like, I don't know whether the team didn't find it to be important or whatever the case may be, but I, I got to uh, commend a hundred percent, uh, Steven for you picked up that mantle that the team had dropped and had started hosting these events in cities where we don't have like fan clubs and fan bases and stuff like that. Uh, for fans and you've had some pretty awesome ones um what made you decide to take up that mantle and and do that well a lot of people think that this is my first year ever doing it and to the contrary uh this is my third year doing it um now obviously three years ago larry michael was the head of redskin nation and he he would he would put put the rallies together um 
but we have several cities like Indianapolis, uh, Jacksonville. Shout out not, to yes, me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Jacksonville, but uh, yeah, it's Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. I'm trying to think of the places where I've thrown the an unofficial official rally. So I know. I know. Denver. Well, you were in Denver. You were in yeah. Green Bay. But I'm saying, I'm saying three years ago. Oh, three years when, ago. Okay. When, you did when one in Kansas was, when, City. I know that. When it, yes, I did. When it was up and running. Um, yeah. When the rallies were up and running by Larry Michael. I'm trying to think of the ones that I that I did. Um, I want to say Tampa Bay. It was either Tampa Bay or Jacksonville. I can't remember. Um, but I know Indianapolis, um, Detroit, Kansas City, and... So what what would happen is I would ask, because I had a, a pretty good relationship with Larry. Uh, you know, I could reach out to Larry and say, hey, you, you guys aren't doing a rally. And he would, say, he would say no, because we don't have a fan bar. And so I said, hmm, well, you know, the fans that are coming out of town are looking for something. And they said, well, we don't, we don't have a bar. And so what I would do is I'd obviously do what anyone else could do get on the Google and find out a bar that's in a, you know, kind of a downtown area that uh, wouldn't mind hosting us. And so that's what I would do. And once the owner or the general manager or whoever for that particular bar would say, yeah, we'd love to have you. Then immediately I start putting out the vibe for people to show up at that particular address. Yeah. And, but, and I mean, but, your events have been fantastic this season. I mean, you've been, you've been packing them out. Um, your videos and everything like that you've been posting online have been great. Um, before we, I don't want to miss it. How do people, if they want to attend, I don't know if you're doing any more this season, um, but if they want to attend, how do they, how do they get on to you so that they can get up with what you're doing? Probably the easiest thing would either be to join the uh, Rally Captain fan page on Facebook, or they could just follow me on Twitter as well. Um, this year, I, I'm done with rallies as far as uh, the Giants is concerned. Um, there just hasn't been, I'm sure there are people in New York who probably could put one on. And I would support it if they did, yeah. but I won't be heading up a rally for, for New York. Um, I didn't do one for Philly either, just because Philly's just a tough market to do a rally. And I mean, the last time we were there, we, we had security, you know, <laughs> we had, we had, we had everyone there. I mean, the police. So it was one of those things where I said, you know what? I, I don't want to bang my head on something like that for philly it's just i don't, I don't want to get the door slammed in my face so I, that's I, what I happens said, in raccoon city you have to have yeah. <laughs> so yeah so but as far as uh as far as philadelphia is concerned now obviously not and then but if someone wants to have one in new york like i said i would don't have a problem um co-signing it but it's up to them to, to take the wheel you know yeah, I think we we used to when they when they when the team would have like their their rally sites uh, where you could go like find the local bar or whatever. I, I think mm -hmm. like up there and they've been still doing it is a bar called uh, Dorian's up in New York City, and mm -hmm. I I follow what they do and I love it. Um, and so they've got a, a a little diehard contingent of fans that uh, have been hanging in thick and thin 
through all this. Um, and it's it's kind of cool to see. Like I I I've, I find that must be like really encouraging when when you travel from city to city to see like how big this fan base really is still. That definitely. You, yeah, I mean, you yep. go, you come here to Charlotte, you go to you know Denver. I mean, there's of course Dallas. I mean, there's always these fan groups that are and these collection of people that just not only are they traveling but they're they're already there. Mm-hmm. Um, they love the team and and they just uh, they love to connect with fellow fans and definitely at these events. Definitely. Well, Jonathan, I have, to, I have to tell you that uh, the largest rally to date for me was at Vegas, and oh, yes. the, the staff the staff came back and told me they said, you know, you, do you realize that you had over six hundred people here? <laughs> I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it, but the kind of what you expected, right? Like, that's a destination city. I think for going to be a lot of teams, not that many people. I, really? I, I, yes, I expected probably a couple of hundred, because on average, that's what normally comes to a rally. Yeah. No, no matter no matter where it is, a couple hundred people. You know, uh, anywhere from I'll go anywhere from a hundred to a couple hundred. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe 300 at the most. Yeah. It was 600. But, it was 600 people at that rally. Good. Yes. I mean, yes. I know it was a lot of people, but I think it was kind of deceptive how many people out there because um, they had, you know, it was, it was in front of New York, New York. And you had so many people that were on the, that, that, that mock-up of the Brooklyn bridge with where mm-hmm. they had the, the giant screen. I mean, and that basically turned into like little DC um, at that point, because I was tripping because I'm at, you know, we're at the, uh, um, the sports bar, you know, and next thing I know, I'm hearing go-go music being played. <laughs> I, had some, I had the DJ put on some go-go. <laughs> yeah, and I was in there, like, I'm sure, like, the locals of Las Vegas like, what is this boom, clock, clock, boom, 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 <laughs> music going on in the background. But, I mean, it's, it's I, but that was such a nice, fine touch by you, Stephen, to have the go-go music playing in the background. I mean, it really... Um, brought you know that home vibe you know to the whole washington football team culture and i think another reason why there was so many fans out there there's like a huge contingent of washington fans from new mexico and Mm -hmm. um and texas and a lot a lot of them they go to those western games like when we play arizona or we play in in the nfc east exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so um you know i think that was a big part of it as well uh, I have some conversations from some um, some uh, some actual indigenous folks who live in the uh, reservation in New Mexico who came up for the game and had some interesting conversations with them. But yeah, kudos to you. That was an, a magnificent event. Like I don't know what the actual Washington football team could have done themselves to make that event better. You know, maybe fly out some members of the dance team or something. I don't know, but you did a great job with that. So um, I, I salute you. I salute the captain on that one. Thank, thank you so much. That means a lot, man. It, it really does. It really does. So let's circle back. Give us your take on, I mean, we're, season's coming to an end. Look, Washington still has a 4% chance of making the playoffs. So it's not zero. We're not eliminated, but it's not looking great. Um, but give us in year two of the Rivera regime, Give us your grade and 
what would you say based on that grade if that exceeded your expectation met it or 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 there's something lacking in all honesty Jonathan it's incomplete and I say it's incomplete obviously everyone says next man up I get it next man up but on average when you look at that aspect of things with so many players being out and you're on your fourth string next man up, he's fourth string for a reason. Yeah. I mean, that's you so, and me so, out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have to say incomplete. And if you remember what did, why, why did they keep Jay Gruden around? Because Jay would always say, Dan, half my team is hurt. Well, oh, yeah. but but I'm still I'm still putting some wins on the board. Yeah. So so they, they kept Jay around because of that. So it's incomplete. And it's and it's not the way that, that any of us would have thought it should have gone. I think that we if we have at least 10 players back, which I believe that we will, that we can beat Philadelphia. I, I believe I, I believe we can beat Philadelphia as far as playoff push is concerned. Of course, I would love to get into the playoffs, but do I want to get into the playoffs and then get put out in the first round? I, I battle myself with that right. because on one aspect, yes, I want to be in the playoffs. I, I do. Um, but getting back to the original question, um, incomplete. That, that's how I view the grade. That is the most rational opinion I've ever heard. <laughs> and I, and I, it, and I think that's the only real way to look at it. Right. I mean, here's a guy that's been dealing with year two of COVID year two of cancer, picking up the reins of a team that was, you know, it's not the team that he intended to put on the field. And yet this is what we got. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I know fans got upset when they when he said like, "Hey, we may have overachieved last year by getting to the playoffs." Um, you know, he was being gotta, honest. Yeah, being exactly. Honest. You know, like, well, maybe the plan. I, I I hate the idea of when coaches like we have to do a rebuild and we're we're doing everything and he's turned over so much of this roster because I always feel like the 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 roster rebuilds automatically because you're going to have people you can't pay people that are retired, people that get injured. Um, so kind of like having this grand plan of I'm going to get everything perfect and then we'll go do something like never works out. I think like you almost have to be like ready to go at any moment. So mm -hmm. in that sense, it's like, yeah, next man up. But yeah, when you're down to like your fourth string guy, when you're bringing a Garrett Gilbert to battle a division opponent on uh two days notice. Yeah, no. Um, you know, yeah. one, of, one, of the thing, one of the things that I kind of look at with with this team from a different perspective is that, you know, uh, if you listen to the Washington, Washington football team talk podcast, you know, with JP, Pete and Mitch, they've coined this phrase Ashburn syndrome, <laughs> um, which I think really explains our fan base, because I think we 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 self Ashburn syndrome ourselves that we believe the team is better than what it actually is. Every and I team think, does that, though. Every yeah, fan we, does that, right? Yeah, but we, we really do it, though. Except like, for we, the Jets or the, and yeah. the Lions. 
Yeah, they 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 know already. Yeah. Um. But the reason, <laughs> but but the reason why I say that, like, like if you think from a pragmatic standpoint about the team, right? You lose your starting quarterback week one, right? So seven minutes in. Yeah, seven minutes in, like you know, like not even like the hmm. full game, right? He's out. So then you then you lose one of your primary receiving threats and Curtis Samuel for most of the year, right? Then you lose never had. Yeah. Never had, right? Yeah. Then you then you lose your 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 your, your top pass catching tight end and Logan Thomas, right? That's another offensive weapon out, right? Then later on in the season you lose Chase Young. You're like your 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 top um defensive um player, you know, on, on the team. You know, so you you're losing like these like these 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 key players that you're banking on being there to help you make this push. And then the team was two and six. And, and we, let's be honest, like right before we played the Tampa game and we were two and six, everybody thought the season was over with. Right. And then coach Rivera and his staff was in, in the, in the team was able to rally together and go on a four game winning streak and make themselves relevant playing meaningful football in December. When was the last time this franchise has played meaningful football in December, two years in a row, right? And and it's been a minute, right? And like and you just said it earlier, Jonathan. You know, even though with all the bad things that happened the past three three weeks, you know, losing these games, they're still in the playoff hunt. From you know, technically speaking, so until they are out of the playoff hunt, they're still playing meaningful football. So I think that's a win, and I also think the fact that Coach Rivera took advantage of the of a weak NFC East last season to win that division crown, get the team in the playoffs so they can experience that playoff experience. You know, I think that was a good move as well. Um, I think that for fans. They need to understand that Coach Rivera is executing a long-term plan. It may not fit nice and tidy in your weekly desire to see the team win because we all want to see the team win, but he's managing this franchise, you know, based off reality, not some pixie dust that a lot of fans apparently have been smoking, um, you know, most of the season. Well, I mean, look, if you want to win every week, just play Madden. I mean that's that's, that's kind of it, and that and that's not even guaranteed unless it's practice mode, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, which you know it, it's interesting. I've been reading all the stories about you know John Madden. And I didn't realize there was a connection between John Madden and Ron Rivera. In that, when Ron Rivera was a teenager in high school playing football, he actually met John Madden, and uh, you know they they had you know a back and forth uh, kind of exchange that imprinted on him. And then when he came to here to Carolina in his second year, the then owner, Jerry Richardson, said, I used to play with a guy, um, and I think you need a um, I think you need a mentor to help you kind of through the the ins and outs of this game. And he connected uh Ron Rivera with John Madden, and John Madden served as Ron's mentor for years. Wow. And, yeah, so you really kind of get a sense of, you know, I always kind of think back to kind of all the ties that this team has had, you know, through the Gibbs line, you know, and, and Joe Gibbs being a part of the coach search this time that led us to Ron Rivera. And now we've got Rivera tied in with, I mean, the great John Madden. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like if we give it time, good things are going to happen. And I feel like this third year is going to have to be where everything starts clicking. Um, and it starts with the draft. So 
or I guess draft or free agency. So let's jump to it. What if it's free agency or the draft? I think probably the biggest need this team has is quarterback. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe punt returner. No, Um, it's quarterback. Definitely. Are you, are you you drafting or are you going or should Washington be all in on every single one of these free agents that may come out? And then what's your limit? Like I get that we all would want uh, the, the, the quality of talent that Aaron Rodgers has. Chase is not going to come to Washington. Um, so what's your limit where Washington is to go, yeah, I'm not interested. Like, uh, you know, what what caliber of quarterback are we saying? Okay, don't go in on that guy. It's time for us to draft. I, I think for me, and um, but I'm gonna defer to our guests before I chime in because I don't want to hog the airtime. <laughs> what do you think, Steven? <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. So I'm going to bring it back to something that we mentioned in the beginning and then come back to where we were. We, we spoke about um, Jerry Jones and mm-hmm. how he, th- he throws money at things and he gets results. And it may not be the, the way that everyone thinks that he should, but I think that Dan needs to go back to the, 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 the bigger brother aspect, if you will, since he's the little brother of Jerry Jones. The Albert Hainsworth and, days? And, 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 <laughs> and, no, not Albert Hainsworth, but <laughs> throw, throw some money at someone. And, and, and this is going to be an unpopular thought, but I say Deshaun Watson. Now, I know Deshaun Watson says that he, has, he, can, dictate, he can dictate where he wants to go. And I know that there were, there were a lot of trades involved. There were a lot of... I mean, I, I know there's going to be a lot of cash and there's going to be, you know, first round picks, whatever have you. But at this point, we need to be able to pick someone who is mobile, who still has a rocket, who can read a defense. Deshaun can do all those. Yep. Now, will will they pick him? Probably not due to the whole scandal aspect of things. But you asked me a question and I'm answering it. So hey, I mean, that, Ron had Greg Hardy on his team and that was Greg Hardy after he was arrested for assaulting his girlfriend uh in an apartment with a whole bunch of firearms so let's yeah. I think that that now granted he wasn't GM that was Marty Herney who is uh, on the team so I mean let's let's not think like that that uh Rivera is only going for choir boys here if you can get the job done to his his uh satisfaction I think I think he's going to put you on the team and and the other thing is this, so people always think that well Dan isn't sweating the small stuff. He is, he's feeling it, you know. He 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 is feeling it, and so if it takes bringing in a big signing like that, don't be surprised if it happens. Sure, I got. We we as a fan base, we need that because at least. We can say we're we're doing something because right now it looks like we're doing nothing. I, I think I think a safer choice for the team, if if I'm if I'm in the negotiation tables, if I'm the person in the room that can help make a decision, uh, if Mr. Russell Wilson gets into the free agent market, like I'm going all in on on on, on dangerous because. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a leader of men. He's had nothing but an impeccable um, 
persona since he's been in the league. Um, you know, he's a team guy. Uh, his family is from the, um, the DMV. Um, the Tappahannock so, area, yeah. Yeah. So I think that he is a safer choice for Washington, but he's also a more proven choice for Washington. And I think, you know, the amount of time that he's been in the league, you know, I mean, you think like, you look at quarterbacks right now, like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's became the starter for Green Bay in 2007. Tom Brady became a two, the starter for the Patriots in 2001. Roethlisberger became the starter, I think, in 04 for the Steelers. So, I mean, he hasn't even been in the league 10 years yet. So, like, if you can get an experienced Russell Wilson on this team and build around him, you know, he can be your face of, of the franchise for the next five to seven years, you know. And you don't have to deal with any of the baggage that a Deshaun Watson gives you. Deshaun Watson's biggest upside is that he hasn't been in the league as long and he hasn't had a year of football wear and tear on his body. So those are two major benefits for Deshaun Watson. But I think just for stability, leadership of men, a person that has won at the highest levels in the NFL, you can't go wrong with Russell Wilson. He also has one of the dumbest contracts in NFL history, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you're going to have to swallow that thing down, and that's going to look like a, a, a snake trying to swallow a, a Volkswagen. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I think, like, where the Texans, uh, you know, I think the Texans kind of kind of emulated it, some of, like, what, you know, Kirk Cousins did with the Vikings, right, where you get mm-hmm. these, like, crazy deals where it's all about paying out for your, your – and, look, most important – player on the on the team in most important position i get it but there's a a part where when you can't your team can't function you know uh when you're having to roll guys out that and you can't retain your talent um you know your quarterback's now not in a position to go out and and function at his highest level the highest level that you paid him for i mean i kind of think back to you know, nobody's done the Tom Brady thing, right? What did Tom do all those years that 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 the Patriots won Super Bowls? Like they were out there, um, you, you know, he was out there giving team friendly deals, and and because they knew, like, hey, you want to come to get a ring, come here. Um, nobody's doing that for Washington. <laughs> no sir. No, no, no. What, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna want all the money. So what? I mean, so let let's let's say like, what's your what's your alternative for free agent? What's your ceiling? Or, or so, what's your floor on your on your free agent? Like, if Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available, uh, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, um, uh, the, the Mitch Trubisky. What's your floor for a free agent where you're going? Mm, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just I'm eating dog food here, and I'm not interested. Well, what I was going to say is I wouldn't take any of those guys. Not even Derek Carr. I, I I can't say that I would take him either. What about uh, and, and only because it's come up? What about the trade that involves Watson going to Miami and then Tua coming to Washington? Remember that was floated around a bit. I can't say I want him either. Really? You see at, what his at, brother at, did at, today? At, you know, at, good. at this at this juncture with this fan base, you've got to go all in on someone a big bigger name regardless of what anyone says that's the only way 
you're going to get something happen. The, the wheel's in motion here. Yeah. Dan's going to have to open up the checkbook. And I don't know who it's going to be, but you asked me, so I just I just threw Deshaun out there, even though I, I also said that he probably wouldn't come. But it's going to take some big name, some splash in the pan. I mean, it just is. The, the fan base at this point is demoralized. They're, they're, yeah, they're done. Yeah. And and to bring them back, they're going to need something. Now, I will say that every offseason, what do we do? <laughs> we after, after about 2 months of football, you know, we make a we make a huge uh, announcement. We brought in who knows what. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the fan base is right back in it. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. But I don't th- I don't think that this year, this year's offseason is going to be the same unless they bring in a big name. I mean, they got sixty million dollars to spend right now, uh, and you, you, you know you got to think you got to you got to lock up McLaren at some point. You have or, to, or, or you're going to lose them, and um, you know, and I'm sure that's going to be a big concern for him. Like, hey, I'm tired of catching all these passes across the middle and get hurt. I want my career to last, as opposed to uh, uh, you know be over before I can get my my deal. Um, have you seen anybody in the draft that you would be interested in? Like if Washington went out and said, you know, we get, let's say top 10 pick and you know, you get like Kenny Pickett sitting there. What do you think if, uh, if Washington goes in, in drafts big first round uh, quarterback, what do you think that does to the fan base? I don't think it helps. We just did that. And I, and I, (laughs) I I say that, I say that because, What's going to happen is this. Oh, you know, you, yeah. you you know, you know as well as I do that that once the rookie makes the mistake, we're going to be all in for him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But once he makes the mistakes, Boo. how could you? How, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and when and one of the first things I remember calling into uh, nine eighty and it, Doc was matter of fact that's when Doc and and uh, the other guy was there. I can't think of the name. But uh, Al Galdi. Uh, Gaudy and Doc. Yep. I said, I said, listen, okay, this is this is great for the team. Haskins, all right, rah rah. I said, but what's going to happen when he wets the bed? Because all rookies wet the bed. Will the fan base back him? Nope. And there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. He'll run him over. There, yeah. There you have it. He'll be burned in effigy as his first <laughs> interception. Uh, you know, and that's just how we are. So yeah. that's why I say we're we're on that we're on that balance beam of where we need someone who has the skills, the knowledge, the ability, who's been in the league. You know, if it means throwing a lot of money at them, then because that's what's going to happen. Because I just read an article where they said a lot of players don't want to come here sure. because of Dan. Well, probably you know? they should because of Dan because he pays he's overpaid for so many years. For all the players, but that, that was never... the old Dan. That was the old Dan. The, <laughs> well, yeah, the, Bruce that, Allen, that... Dan paid nobody. Yeah, yeah. no. Let, let exactly. Preston Smith walk out the door, and, yeah. uh, and a bunch of other players. Um, oh, that yeah. was so. So the old Dan is going to have to come back, and he's going to have to go ahead and say, you know what? For this particular instance, here you go. Yeah, yeah. What? Do you, I, you know, it's interesting today, uh, it, you know, back on Sunday, you know, there was the fight on the sideline and people like to try to make a big deal. I just, I really could care less when I played 
soccer. I mean, we got into it when, when guys messed up or you heated or you're getting, you know, you're getting rolled and, and you know, you're not, you don't want to be there and, and you want to point the blame. But I did notice that uh, I guess people have been circulating that, that Deron Payne deleted all of his uh, football team pictures of himself off of his, uh, off of his IG. And uh, of course, Twitter still has him up in the, in his header and you know, whatever, uh, you know, is that a message? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I think I've had enough of this. I've I'm ready to move on. And does he become a potential trade? Uh, I don't want to say trade bait. That seems like inappropriate, but I mean, is he, is he somebody that gets moved in order to maybe move up in the draft or to maybe move to get a player such as, uh, yeah, such as Russell Wilson or, or, um, at, you know, I, I, I just have this sneaky suspicion that it won't be like, it, we're going to get like a mid tier guy that's going to, the fan base is just going to revolt. Um, yeah, they, they can't that. going to be like, what, you know, the, be throwing up the, the thing that, the, the thing that, you know, the Washington football team needs to be mindful of is that you don't have that shiny nugget of Washington Redskins nostalgia that you could lean on to get you through hard times like we did in the past. Because, you know, how many times when we were sucking, they would honor some former player from the 80s or (laughs) they'd bring Joe Gibbs back or, you know, something – you know, something that harkened back to the golden days and we all are, oh yeah, you know, we get caught up in that and the band will come and play Hail to the Redskins and we're all living in nostalgia. Now that we're like not the Redskins anymore and anything related to the Redskins is radioactive, you know, now, you know, this team is being exclusively evaluated, you know, surprised by their performance on the field. And I agree with, with Steven is that, they got to knock it out of the park this offseason because these fans, like, they are engaged in, like, economic warfare against the team. They're like, don't buy any tickets. Don't <laughs> buy any merchandise. Don't support Dan. Sell oh, yeah. the team. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's almost, it's, that, it's on that fire Bruce Allen type vibe and everything oh, like yeah. that because it's like, I, I think the difference between our fan base and, say, like a Cleveland Browns or Detroit Lions or or some another perennial losing team. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars. They don't have Super Bowl wins, right? Their fan base doesn't have a golden heyday of when they were a dominant team in the NFL, right? Like, you know, we, we, when we, we were like the Chiefs when the Chiefs are, or the Chiefs are hot back in the 80s or the Patriots or, you know, or the Steelers. Like that's, you know, the 80s was Washington. Like when you go to four Super Bowls, win three of them, go to five NFC championships, win four of them, you know, have multiple players going to the Pro Bowl. You have arguably one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. I mean, there's more people behind him than coaches in front of him as far as great and talking about uh, Joe Gibbs. So you don't have that to lean on right now. So you got to do something spectacular to get these fans fired up and believing in the team again, you know, um, you know, Ch- you know, Chase Young, he had a lackluster sophomore season. He's coming off injury. Um, I think you pointed out that uh, it's a very real possibility that we might lose Deron Payne in the offseason. I mean, clearly what happened this past Sunday didn't do any favors and um, for him staying here. And 
So I don't know, like we don't have a lot of assets to lean on right now to get our fan base fired up, you know, and we're probably three of the most fired up fans you can find, you know, probably with the exception <laughs> of the, the exception of the hog farmers and, um, and Chrissy and, uh, and Pez or tailgate Ted or, or Tim Meek, you know, those, I mean, there's those, 10 those, of us. We could all fit in yeah. a short bus is what you're saying. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. We could charter a plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I, let, I, I think you did a, masterful job maurice of transitioning to i guess my last topic before we go and Thank that's you. this look we're we know and after two games maybe three but let's say two games that's it for us and we're in the off season and probably the biggest thing that's going to happen this off season besides signing uh you know the free agent acquisitions and turnover in the roster we may not it, it, the tea leaves seem to indicate that I'll learn how to say words that still seem to indicate we're not going to be called football team much longer. Um, what do you think that's going to, is, is that going to hit reset on, on the franchise and you got any leans on, on the name? Do you have like uh, I'd like to see this or are you in the camp of, I just don't care. I just don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm tired of this debate. I don't want to be the commanders. <laughs> Master and commanders. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm praying that we're the Red Wolves or the Wolves or something like that. Something that I can tolerate. Like if they come up with the Commanders or the Renegades or something trash I like that. Renegades. That sounds actually yeah. cool. Uh, I don't the know. Belters. Oh, the the DC Belters. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna. If the Belters play the Cowboys and we do what we we lose by forty six points, who's gonna be the one getting belted? Yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, my biggest thing was the color scheme isn't going to change. Yeah. So once they said that, I don't care anymore. I really don't. Because once again, 50% of the people are going to love it. And the other 50% are going to hate it. Of course. No one is going, no one is going to be on board. So the color scheme is staying, just get it done. And I think that what's going to happen is we lose it. If by chance we lose this game against Philadelphia, you'll start hearing more about the name. Here comes the brand. You you also you also start hearing more about possible stadium locations, more so than we're thinking about Loudon or we're thinking about um, uh, Prince William, because okay. you're gonna you're gonna need to be able to get that detractor off of your back. Go ahead, Maurice. Can we buy some politicians and just go back to D.C.? Let's just. Do <laughs> Like, really, really. I mean, I don't want to be in Loudoun County. I don't want to be in Prince William County. I want to be in the nation's capital watching the Washington football team play football games. Can we just make that happen, please, God? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of these deals are already being made, and they will have been made, and it will seem as though it's a decision that just happened. No. Right now, they right now they are working behind the scenes of whether it's RFK, whether whether it, and here's something else that a lot of people may not want to believe in. I'm a firm believer that Dan is probably going to do what Atlanta did when they didn't want to give them any land for a new stadium. They popped that sucker right in the other parking lot and tore the one down and built the other one. Oh yeah. So mm. don't be don't be surprised if because we've got plenty of parking lot. Mm -hmm. 
we've got plenty of parking lot in Landover. So don't be surprised if, if okay, nobody wants to give me a deal. Bam, I'll, I'll knock FedEx down and build right beside it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can pl- and we and we can play in Audi Field until until the new stadium is built. <laughs> Go play over at Riverdale Baptist. I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, because and because we can, we can play my alma mater, Central High School. Shout out Capital Heights, Maryland. <laughs> right? Because rem- re- remember what what uh, Minnesota did. They yeah, played. Yeah, they played in the college in a, in a, stadium. You, exactly. Yep. They did. University of Maryland. So yeah. it can be done. Well, the Chargers played in Audi Field. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, soccer field. Yeah, I, and, I went uh, there. You know, yeah, I, I don't I know. Would, would we even I, sell I, out though, Audi Field? <laughs> it would be a more. It would be a better stadium experience. It would be. It would <laughs> it's be newer. I, when when the when the uh, USFL team or XFL team played the Defenders, I went to a couple of their games there, and I loved it. Yeah, it looked good. Mm-hmm. It looked good on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's funny. It's because. Um, so being out of market and being in, you know, f- I'm literally two miles from where the Panthers stadium is uh, that bank of America stadium here in Charlotte. And they're in the process of, of rebuilding a stadium. It is the same thing. And the same arguments always happen. Every owner always, you know, uh, threatens to move the team and tries to get public support and it's all the legal wrangling back and forth. And all of a sudden, miraculously, here comes a $2 billion stadium. And I, I, I agree with you, Stephen. I think that there is a greater likelihood more than not that you're going to see something rebuild happen on that site. I just hope that if that isn't indeed the case, regardless of what they do, I hope they pump a few bucks into FedEx so that it's not like we're not like bracing ourselves or every time you go to a home game, like, you know, there's like a new embarrassment that occurs um, at the field, you know, that, that makes headlines that steals away from the team. Like, I want to talk about the team. I don't want to talk about the fact that, that fans are getting waste dumped on them or, you know, that, uh, you know, they're selling uh, expired airline peanuts or something like that. Like expired beers. Yeah. yeah. Well, they aren't going to put any more money into that stadium. Yeah. That's just not, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, at least I don't believe that there is in, and by no means am I an expert, but yeah. I just feel, I just feel as though they aren't going to put any more money. Than, so, <laughs> no. are, they're probably not going to maybe, maybe <laughs> not I, having people there for a year was a good thing. <laughs> they extended <laughs> the life of it. Just a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they got to make some decisions fast because, again, like if you're, you know, if you're building a new stadium, I mean, that's what, I mean, how long did it take a leaving stadium to be built? Like three years, right? Yeah, it's about three or four years. Yeah, three or four years. So it's like, um, you know, if and you, do we, right. yeah. if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. You remember, that was, that's the knock against FedEx because you remember it was built as fast as it could be so that Jack Kent Cook could see it before his passing. You know, like he was yes. a old man at the time. And so, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of those stadiums from that era. Bank of America Stadium was one, the one down in Jacksonville. Uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore's Stadium was just a few years after. Mm-hmm. You know, not all of them are as uh, absolute horrendous as FedEx, but FedEx had the dubious distinction of trying to be, one, the largest, which it was for a hot minute, and then um, and then all the, you know, all the things you had to do to rush to make it. Uh, the largest and and build it the fastest is was all the compromises come through to this day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not back in Landover, right next to FedEx. No, I, I, 
didn't they pass recently where you could you can now bet in Maryland, right? Like that's yes, yeah. So I mean, I think that was I think Virginia had 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 done that, and I think what DC has has now uh, has now gaming. So I think if you see Dan Snyder get a sportsbook license at FedEx Field for that location, I think that seals it for you. Yep. Which hey, I mean, everything everything is right there. Might as well. Yeah, you already got a subway stop. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's going to want to take that subway very often uh, afterwards. And what are you going to do with all that land and parking lot? Um, you know, here they bulldozed uh, uh, the Charlotte Coliseum that was like, you know, NBA attendance champions in the 90s uh, for the Hornets. And now that's a bunch of hotels and business and office parks. Um, you know, it's just you don't need. I think also you realize it. I'm sure you see this as you travel around, Stephen. Is you don't need all the parking and everything that that like FedEx has. Like that's an old mindset. Um, you can do Stadium Village and all that other stuff that that modern sports teams have at FedEx because you have you have parking lot for days. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sure you could probably even do uh, probably get Jericho City appraised there if they're still next door. They could probably even go in on a theme park for you. Do another do a uh, uh, Wild World two for Dan Snyder. <laughs> well, I tell you, Allegiant had hardly any parking. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I think. I think parking's done. I think that is such a bad use of land and space and in environmental impact. I, I think they're everybody's just kind of over it. There's none and here. And and that's another reason why. RFK is still a viable option. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and plus, I, they I, don't want you to they don't want you to tailgate. They want you to go inside and spend money. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Maurice. No, I, I I think that if you can, you know, get into that RFK space again, then I think, you know, that 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 hits that that nostalgia um button for a lot of fans, you know, and it kind of helps to get the, to get the team, um, you know, the, the fans of the team um, fired up for them again, knowing that we're going back to DC, um, even with a new name, knowing that we're going to go back home to the nation's capital. I think that goes a long way. So I think he would earn a lot of um, favor with that. But I also think too, like, he needs to stay behind the scenes. You need to let Tanya get a lot more press and, you know, she needs to be introduced to new players and all that kind of stuff right now. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's in a PR maelstrom right now, man. And, you know, I, I and I don't see maybe less than 1% of the fan base that have a favorable opinion of him, you know? So it's like, he's, I mean, they have, there's so many internal and external things they need to do to write this ship right now. It's not even funny. Does any um, does any fan like their owner of their team if they're not winning? Uh, no. No. no, no, no. I mean, that's well, just, I, I, mean, I, I say, I say, get your fans more involved. Mm. That that that's what I say. What a novel concept! <laughs> get the get the consumers engaged. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I mean, when uh, if if uh, Jason Wright will ever return my phone calls. I've sent him a, a a nice care package, which is with some nice lotions and uh, <laughs> you know colognes or whatever he's into, you know, like uh, leather goods. If he ever you know kind of re- replies back and he maybe he comes and talks with us, um, 
you know, I hope that I hope that that's one thing that I know I will say is, hey, get get you have folks like you and Maurice and all these guys that are like that love this team that want to give you money that want to support you. Uh, don't shut us out and and listen to us every once in a while. Right. Because, um, you, you know, we're the ones that are spending the money. We're the ones that are convincing our our 13 year old kids. I'm speaking specifically of my son in the next room over, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who's ruined now because I have also made him a football team fan living out of market, no less. Right. So poor kid. Um, you know, I think that, that those are the type of decisions that need to be made where you're, you know, you try to figure out like, how do we honor Sean Taylor? Well, maybe ask the fans. Like, right. maybe they well, know. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll use this as an example. Right. So you got the, three the last of us. word. Aunt Maurice, you you got the three of us on this call, right? And we all have done different things to engage the fan base. You know, Jonathan, you've done an amazing job. You know, building that uh rep, that um, Charlotte uh, football teams group and the and the rallies you have with that and. And, and Stephen, you've done an amazing job, you know, you know, coordinating the trips, you know, representing, you know, I mean, you got it. You got a catchphrase, rep hard or don't rep it at all. You know, um, you know, you know, myself with the Redskins tweet team, the DC tweet team really trying to influence the digital space. We're all influencers, right? Like when we speak or when we tweet or we post on Facebook or we announce an event, you know, we've all hosted events. We've all, um, you know, have a network of fans. You know, we can be, don't just randomly pick some people, find out the fans that have in actual influence with the fan base, you know, and get them to be your ambassadors. Like, let them be your, um, your, your patrons and your promoters, you know, because I'm not out here savaging the team on social media. I, I mean, I even will. though, yeah, <laughs> even though they're doing poorly right now, I want them to win. I want them to be successful. Like I want, I want Dan Snyder to be successful as the owner. You know, I want, yeah, I I genuinely want Ron Rivera to be successful. You know, I want the players to be successful. You know, I want them to win because I know it's not only is beneficial for the team, but it's also beneficial for those fans. And like our fans have gone through too much. Like, you know, we have a proud, we're a proud fan base. We have a proud history. You know, we have a history that many NFL teams would envy. I mean, I can count on my hands the teams that have a superior legacy than Washington, but, you know, we're flushing it down the toilet every year we have a losing season or we have off the field drama, you know, or, you know, or we're doing shysty business deals that defraud the fans. Like you're just doing a disservice to your, to your product. And the, and the value and the brand of the, of the product goes down year after year after year after year. And when you got a team just 45 minutes to the north that's very viable, very functional, doesn't have anywhere near the drama like the Baltimore Ravens, you can have a mass exodus of fans, especially if you don't get this um, name launch right. So they got a lot of work to do. Yep, yep. No, I, I agree. And hopefully this is uh, the start of something good. I mean, I, for one, will say that um, I've always felt that this whole Rivera era to me has been a, a complete change. I gained a lot of respect for him here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I feel like give it time. I want to see the fruit. I'm willing to, I, I, I relate my last 20 years of fandom now being 40, um, <laughs> as kind of like you have like a sub club card, and you know that they're not good sandwiches, 
but you just keep eating it because you want to get that free one at the end. And I'm just like, keep eating so I can just get that one. Like, let's just get over the hump. Let's get back to where we were because it, it can't happen. Not everybody stays down forever. Yeah. Um. You, you know, it just takes that spark. And I see it. It it can happen. Um, so. I saw it with the I saw it with the four game winning streak. I'll say that. Yeah. I saw I, oh, absolutely. I mean, look, there was, that team yeah. was no business winning those, and they went out and they did, and they played above their, they punched above their weight class, and you, and they gained a lot of respect. Um, so I I I definitely and so well that's gonna wrap it for us this evening. Look, I know if you wanted to hear more about the Eagles game coming up, look, the reality is this. It's December in 2021 and it's Wednesday night, which means if you've, if the last two weeks have taught us anything, COVID completely can, can completely change this whole thing. And everybody <laughs> that we think that's going to play on Sunday may not. And the game might even happen on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I loved though, that we kind of took this in a different direction. I, I really appreciate, um, Steven for joining us. Um, Tell us how to get a hold of you again and follow your group and and so that people can connect with you as you're doing your events and and meet other fans because I think that's the best thing that if you feel isolated out there and you're just like alone on an island, there's a lot of us. Um, connect with your fans. Connect with other fans and, and get fired up and yell at each other across a bar. That's cool. We do that all the time. <laughs> but Steven, how do, how do folks get a hold of you? Uh, well, for Facebook, they can join my the Washington Rally Captain uh, Facebook group fan page. You can also join the uh, follow me on Twitter as Rally Captain and Instagram Rally underscore Captain. And um, I just want to say thank you, Jonathan and Maurice, for having me on your podcast. And, and in closing, like I always tell everyone, rep it hard or don't rep it at all. There you go. Amen. <laughs> you got any good words, Maurice, before we sign off? Happy New Year, guys. Oh, yeah, and, that's uh, right. You know, I, I tweeted earlier in the week, and I got some interesting responses back. Uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. That sounds like a Robert Griffin, a Robert Griffin the third ism you know no pressure no diamond all ready for week one yeah oh jeez all in for 2022 yeah don't be blue 2022 yeah cool alright guys till next time alright take care gentlemen take care